defending your right to say what you want, even if you're wrong. This is American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. You know, when you buy something online, you're kind of being tracked. I mean, actually, you are being tracked because the companies that provide the service where you get the product, well, they want to know what you like and they want to know what your budget is and a lot of other information. And yeah, it's a little creepy sometimes, but is there an argument that it's actually a good thing for you as a consumer? And that's very debatable, which is why we have these discussions. I'm Mike Ferguson. Thank you for staying with us on American Viewpoints. So what's the role in government in all this? I mean, it's real easy to say, hey, stop tracking me. And by the way, this company is way, way, way too big. And so they need to be reined in by government because, frankly, they're abusing their position in the market to sell their stuff and they're keeping competitors out. Is that actually fair? Or how about this question? Does it matter if it's fair? What's best for you as a consumer, like I said, I'm joined now by Edward Long. He is from the American Consumer Institute, where he is a policy manager. And Edward, first of all, thanks for the time today. And secondly, one of the things that you've recently written about is interesting because Republicans and Democrats in Congress, boy, they really like going to war with uh, big tech, as we like to call it. They may have different ways to go to war with them. But man, it's really, really easy to not like what these online behemoths are doing when it comes to the commercial marketplace right now. Thanks, Mike. And it's a pleasure to be on with you today. Yeah, and I think that's kind of one of the the, the big concerns here is that, you know, both Republicans and Democrats, um, you know, have bought into this bipartisan consensus that, you know, they need to reform antitrust laws to Reign in big tech, you know, and then that's not just at the, uh, the the federal level. You know, we've seen bills popping up ac- across, you know, various states. You know, New York, um, for example, has, has already been considering, you know, reforming its law, um, its antitrust law. Sorry, and you know, it it it's tough when you're in that environment because um, you're effectively fighting it, it on sort of two fronts almost. Um, you know, it, it, it's very difficult to um, work within that environment, especially when there is that you know, bipartisan consensus against big tech. Well, let's talk about the antitrust sphere of the conversation here, because when I a lot of people think of antitrust laws, they kind of go back into the history books, Edward, and they, you know, they think of the manufacturing corporations, maybe the railroads from our history books. Uh, what does antitrust have to do with Google or social media or anything like that right now? Sure. So back in um, at, the, at the close of the Civil War, um, the, the U.S. Congress passed its first antitrust law, the Sherman Act. Um, and it's probably actually one of the best known uh, pieces of antitrust law. Um, that's kind of adjusted a little bit later in the Clayton Act. Um, and that kind of establishes this idea that, you know, big is bad in um Anti in, in in sort of the business community, right? Is that big companies are inherently anti-competitive, that they're going to harm consumers. That sort of shifts in about the 1970s, the establishment of the Consumer Welfare Standard coming out of the Chicago School, um, and that and that sort of shifts it a little bit by saying that okay, big corporations aren't necessarily bad; they can actually generate some you know, benefits for consumers in a more competitive marketplace. So rather than just eliminating that, let's kind of take a more nuanced approach. And that was kind of the, the, the approach that the FTC, Federal Trade Commission, and the, the Department of Justice's Antitrust Division took from about the 1970s to today. 
that's why you see um, in, in, in sort of, you know, post-September 11th up to about 2015, you know, major airline mergers is that that's the government saying that, okay, big companies aren't bad, that they actually can benefit consumers. You know, today we're asking sort of similar questions, you know, should Amazon be able to control multiple lines of businesses? Um, is that harmful to consumers? Is that harmful to uh, you know, small businesses who depend on the platform. A similar situation with Apple and its app store. Um, you know, Google working in, um, you know, as a search engine, also a sort of, you know, iOS operator and Android. Um, you know, so we're kind of addressing very similar questions. And I think kind of how we're approaching out as a country, um, we are moving away from that consumer welfare standard, that we're moving to a very sort of simplistic, big is bad mentality. Um, and that's not just the case in, uh, you know, the five antitrust bills that were, were released last week, but also in, um, you know, Amy Klobuchar's bill that was released a couple of months ago and, and the even more punitive, you know, bill released by Josh Hawley. Right. And but as I understand, among the complaints that you just referenced is uh, that Google will prioritize advertising and marketing for products that they own. And, and the sim similar situation with, with Apple and others is that they built the platform and so they're going to promote their products or their services first uh, to the consumer. And that's one of the complaints. And, and Josh Hawley, you just mentioned, for instance, has actually argued that some of these companies are too big and they should be broken up into small companies by the government. Relate that to the reason that you're pointing out that the the benefit to the consumer can still be good, even despite the things that all these politicians are complaining about. Sure. So, I mean, kind of one of the big questions um, that, that a lot of these antitrust bills are sort of trying to, to, to resolve actually is should big tech companies be able to buy smaller ones? Um, you know, and that's, that's a major question at the moment. Uh, you know, I'll talk about self-preferencing in a, in a moment, um, but, you know, a few years ago, Google bought a little-known company called Android. You know, you might have heard of them. Yeah. Um, you know, using Google or, or using kind of or sort of Google's ability to sort of scale actually opened up the, 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 the iOS market to, um, you know, greater competition now. That, you know, I think it's about 120 million Americans use an Android device as opposed to an Apple or a Samsung. So sort of attacking these um, mergers and acquisitions is, is something that's going to be very dangerous for uh, for consumers, especially, uh, you know, with smaller tech companies who actually have it in their business plan to be acquired by these larger ones. With regards to self-preferencing, um, sort of the main question is that these companies have got very good at offer, offering high-quality products at low prices to consumers. So by banning, by banning self-preferencing, uh, you're actually preventing consumers um, acquiring the, the, the cheapest product that's on the market. You know, if you're going to mandate that, you know, everyone has to have equal access, then I think the question becomes, you know, you're not using antitrust to benefit consumers. You're actually doing it to, to you know, ensure a competitive marketplace. And I think the concern there is that, you know, antitrust should form a, at, at, at its sort of, you know, form um, primary level just benefit consumers you know not it's there it's not there to help businesses it's you know there to ensure that they work for consumers um and that's kind of where the self-preferencing issue i think um is talked about pretty badly
All right. You want to see the article that I'm referencing that was written by Edward. It's called The Economic Standard, Washington's War on Big Tech Continues. And you can find that at theamericanconsumer.org. And Edward, I think you're the first guest I've had on this program from the American Consumer Institute. Who are you all and, and what do you do? So we're a Washington, D.C. Uh, think tank Um we're a 501c3 educational organization, and our sort of primary mission is to make people aware of how issues at both the federal level uh, and even the state level are going to affect them. You know, we, we do a lot of work in uh, labor law, um, you know, healthcare, you know, and, and sort of trying to make consumers aware that, you know, ultimately what goes on in, in their state capitals and in, you know, the halls of Congress does matter. Um, and, and, you know, we do, I think we do... Uh, you know, we're here just to enhance consumer welfare. All right. And it's theamericanconsumer.org. And you all are on social media as well, correct? Yep. And we, you can, uh, our Twitter handle is at consumerpal. At consumer what? I'm sorry. Consumerpal, P A L. Oh, P A Pal. Okay, great. At consumerpal. All right. Edward, really appreciate the uh, insight because we, we often hear that big is bad and uh, people sometimes just don't like the behemoth and maybe that behemoth is offering the best deal. So I appreciate the uh, different perspective on this. Thank you for having me on. Well, just ahead here, another look at big tech, but this one has to do with whether or not they should be able to stop somebody from saying what they want on their privately owned platform. That's all back in the news and back in the debates after some of the ideas that were frankly deleted and banned off of some of these platforms. Well, now the people are saying that might actually have some merit to it. We'll discuss what it means to you just ahead right here on American Viewpoints. <laughs> 